Well, welcome everybody to the first ever live Voice of Reason Radio on Facebook, on internet ever. This is why it's a complete mess already, and people are already checking in. Hi, hi, oh, my buddy Rich, he's on. <laughs> your buddy so, or your co-host? My, well, he's the co-host today because my buddy can't be here. <laughs> well, what is, well, what, well, then what is Andrew? <laughs> he got roped in by accident. I don't know oh, how this happened. Okay. I, so, so Brandon should, did that. We so. should discuss that one because it was a surprise <laughs> to you and I that I was a guest. It was a surprise to all of us. Brandon roped you in. Um, <laughs> all right, let, let me back up. <laughs> this is Voice of Reason Radio. These are two of the best friends I could possibly ask for, Chris Huff and Andrew Rappaport. Chris Huff with uh, Matter of Theology, who was one of the speakers here at Cruciform Conference. Andrew Rappaport, who nine times out of ten I can tolerate, um, <laughs> but uh, has about 300 podcasts only on five. Uh, only five, 500. Okay, five. <laughs> but uh, most often you'll you'll catch him on Rappaport or and Apologetics Live every Thursday night. Uh, 5 p.m. Pacific, I think, is when you guys start, 8 p.m. Eastern. So they're kindly sitting in because my buddy Rich is not here. We miss you, Rich. We, we miss love you, man. So um, I, I was blessed by Brandon uh, who, uh, Scalf, who invited me out to be out here, and Andrew, who was kind enough to throw me on an airplane, who, who got to sit up front in the really nice seats <laughs> while I was crowded in the back. But thank you. Uh, <laughs> but I can't help that I fly more than you. <laughs> I will admit, I have flown more in the last six to eight months than I have in the last two decades. So, Same. and that's that's so thanks to you. So thank you. <laughs> well, you're the one that keeps paying my way, so I can't. <laughs> so really, Andrew's getting rewarded twice. Exactly. No, well, no, he uses the he uses the rewards to put me on a on a plane. So I got to be out here for the pre-conference, which was a fantastic conference with uh, with Andrew and Anthony Silvestro from Striving for Eternity and with uh, Joel Settercase, the Think Institute, and they did a, a, a wonderful uh, three uh, sermons on uh, presuppositional apologetics. So that was a wonderful opportunity. All of this you can find, by the way, on Cruciform Ministries' Facebook page. You can go back and watch all the videos that have been played. I would recommend you do that. We're going to talk about some of those. We're going to talk about the topic of still standing, which was the topic of this particular conference. I think it was uh, some just great teachings that went on here. But uh, Chris was kind enough to sit in for my buddy Rich. It was actually, by the way, you are the Huff, according to, to Rich. Um, this oh, is, okay, This cool. is the Huff. He's awesome. <laughs> no longer Chris Huff. Um, but uh, it. it's it's been a it's a, been a real blessing to be out here with you guys and. To, to watch all the various teachings and to be a part of this. This is the second time I've been at, be able to be out at the Cruciform Conference. And uh, Brandon, thank you for having me out here and uh, allowing me to be a part of this and allowing me to do this live because this is a little weird. I've not done this live before. Everybody can tell that now. So, um, But I just uh, want to thank you guys for, for being, being with us. But you weren't supposed to be in this. <laughs> I didn't know how I got on. I, I just I noticed didn't on the, I noticed that all of a sudden I noticed the schedule and I was like, oh, oh, oh I'm, I'm, a, I'm a guest on the podcast. Okay. And then I called you and thanked you and you said, I didn't know until I saw it on the schedule. <laughs> pull this off of here. I think that's part of the problem. Um, cool. We're being told that we're, okay, thank you, Linda, for letting us know. We got some scratchy sounds. If it improves, let me know. Uh, it was clipped to a, a wire, so I think the microphone might have been picking up. So, so what do you say we start with this? beautiful thing you're wearing here <laughs> beautiful thing. so th this is this this by the way are the new shirts that uh we got made up from doctrine and uh, life uh doctrinalife.co this we've been telling you guys on the uh 
on our last program we brought it up and um, we actually had them here and uh, for the for the conference and they are available through doctrineandlife.co the this is the they're the also way available right here for those of you live twenty five dollars <laughs> for, for, for those of us in all the of you to buy at least one and support <laughs> voice of reason radio but uh, I, I got to give Josh Tanner a big thumbs up for that because. Andrew was the one who suggested trying to have at least some out here. Uh, Josh not only made sure we got them made up, but we actually – oh, she said it just got worse. Yeah, so, that's what I'm working on. Okay, we're working on it, Linda. I don't know what's – It could be because it splits. Oh, yeah, 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 it could be. So we're trying. Thank you for letting us know, Linda. Um, if you can't hear it, I've got the digital recorder going, so the audio will be better hopefully at some point. <laughs> but uh, really appreciate um, – being out here and josh not only made sure we got some here but they got them i think two days early uh to uh over to brandon scalf's uh, address he actually uh, brought them out for us um so that's been just wonderful to have those available so um but yeah when we set this up i uh, brandon had suggested that we could do a live recording my uh, rich volunteer Chris, so he was kind enough uh -huh. to jump in, and then when and then we all found out when Brandon so listed it on the schedule, you somehow snuck in. I didn't sneak in. <laughs> I was a surprise to me. Now I will I will say this year you're wearing a Voice of Reason radio shirt because I think last year at this conference you were you were wearing a different shirt. Is that right, Drew? Yeah. Yep. yeah. He, he had a different and you know I, I entered him into another contest. I couldn't find Captain America, <laughs> but you know. I said that I had something for him, and there's been a lot of questions. It's been fun online to see what is in this package. So here, you could you could open it and see whether it's elf. People think it's elf shoes, <laughs> an elf suit. Yeah, every time you now, decide now, to enter me into something, I I, now, I think this is going to be good because he's going to be quite let down that it's not nothing to do with an elf, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Well, it's fine. Okay, okay let, let's just let's just clarify something. This is how the contest got, gets entered. My wife and I get into the car. We're literally getting ready to back out to go to the airport. I get a phone call from this guy. First question out of his mouth, what's your shoe size? What? <laughs> the conversation got weird from there. Um, and and uh, he, then he asked my wife's shoe size. And so because I had the bigger feet, somehow I won. And then it just, he would not, all he told me was, you won. And, and, and I'm like, I, what? <laughs> And in well, ty out. typical Andrew style, I have no idea what this is. He is so afraid. That's the best part of it. You, give him a you realize there's a reason for that. No, I don't. I <laughs> Do don't, the two six-foot-tall elf standees ring a bell with you? That was James no. White. No, yeah, no. That was James White. <laughs> <laughs> no, excuse yeah, me. You ain't going down <laughs> All right. So there is reason when he, de when he decides to start entering me so, into so really what this is is this is a great time for me to give a promo for our supporters at my pillow oh my who, who sent us some my slippers <laughs> and they could hopefully fit chris's feet oh my goodness so and if you want to get anything from my pillow you can just go to mypillow.com and use promo code sfa oh my goodness so these are their their premier uh, moccasin slippers. See, no elf stuff. I would try giving him something he wouldn't be scared at. All right. All right. right. So this could be elf. How do I get that prank played on? <laughs> <laughs> all right. So it's, it's called it's called makeup for all the other pranks I've done on him. Uh, I hope they fit. <laughs> well, we'll find out. So now we understand the shoe size reference here. 
So apparently, y'all, I think y'all can see my feet. So we're going to see if this works. Well, do the one without this thing in it. That's all right. I got it. Maybe. He likes doing it difficult. <laughs> After this, we get serious. All right. There we go. Fits it fits. Hey, they fit. All right. All go. right. They fit. <laughs> Probably fit better without socks on. Ah, so thank you. That is actually that is actually one of the nicer gifts that I've ever got. Please, whatever you do, just no more elf, please. I'm begging. I it, promise it, no elf. I was I was getting PTSD from going to the mailbox. I'm just saying. For those that don't know that reference, if you go to I think at this point everybody Peter, knows. Well, no, not everyone on Chris Worm knows, but if you go to the past episodes with go to the 200th episode of Voice of Reason, which which was their second to last one from this one, probably. Uh, but you go to that one where James White was on, and they explain the whole history of the elf. Yeah, that was that was rather entertaining for a moment. So uh, <laughs> let's just say that it, James White, if you see this, I can't even go to the middle of Indiana for a conference without being this being brought up. So yeah. thanks. Didn't someone come up to you and say, aren't you the elf man? No, they, they looked at my card and went, oh, I know this name has something to do with Buddy the Elf. So <laughs> thanks a lot, Dr. White. It scarred me for life. So, okay. <laughs> I, I knew there was a reason I liked He Dr. likes White. it. Don't listen to <laughs> <Yeah>. him. <laughs> Keep it up. All right. So anyway, th uh, this is, this. we've been having a little bit of fun here, but I wanted to, us to talk about the, the main topic of this conference was still standing. 500 years since Martin Luther stood before the Diet of Worms. Thank you. You right. got it right. I got it right. Good job. Man. And uh, as, as what we normally think of, and I, you brought up a point, I'd like you to tell the, the audience as well, about when he says, here I stand, I can do no other, so help me God. We typically attribute that to what something he said. I'll let you explain why that was uh, maybe not quite as how we, we understand it. But the point of that and the point of this entire program, this entire weekend, was that as Christians, here we are 500 years later, and we still need to be standing. That's right. That we still need to stand on the very foundational things that were established in the Reformation, the five solas, the, you know, that that were uh, faith alone, grace alone, you know, um, you know, the uh, scripture alone, Christ alone, Christ alone. For the glory and of God for alone. thank you for the glory of God alone. Um, <clears throat> that we need to still be standing on that, especially. Mm -hmm in light of what we're seeing in our culture today. The, the major cultural issues that we're face, facing, if we do not stand on those very foundations the, with, the, with the church under assault, we are going to see more and more caving in. As, as Vody Bauckham has said, we are on fault lines, and that, that right. shift is coming. It's, we're in the middle of it right now. So. It's the way it's here. Yeah, yeah. And that was just what I was going to say. Is is we're we're seeing that you know, the, the Reformation was a recovery of the gospel. It was a recovery of worship, and so um, it was it was reforming what had been deformed. And so what 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 you see today, and what you've seen, and, and Kofi pointed this out, and so masterfully in his his message was, you know, what we've seen over the last fifteen months is 
is also God shaking the trees um, and, and, and exposing the wheat and the tares, exposing those, to Kofi's point, who um, are still standing and those who have never been standing. Um, so, but, but, but there is a need, there absolutely is a need for us to continue to stand firm on the scriptures um, uh, and, 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 and be able to be a Berean to discern uh, what we're seeing out there, that, we, that we're so familiar with the scriptures that, that we, we could be uh, equated to those who work for uh, the federal government in fraud, right? They, they study the real thing so much that they can recognize the fake like that. Um, and, and, and unfortunately, there are many professing evangelicals, professing pastors um, uh, and church leaders uh, alike who have capitulated because of either fear of man, um, mostly fear of man, and idolatry. Yeah. No, and that's exactly the thing. I mean, we've got today, and I, I know your, one of your, your sermon was one of the, the ones that really stood out to me. I think there were there were several sermons that just really stood out. I think Darren Stid, who just at the very beginning, his his sermon on he he set it up as we think of Martin Luther still standing, standing at the Diet of Worms, but that's not as he said, that's not where he made his stand. Right. He made his stand right. years ago. Right. Every single day of his life on the word of God, standing for the truth, standing for God's word, to where he was prepared for that day. And I think that's one of the big problems is that we're seeing. And with your your sermon was one of the other ones that I, I loved is that it's the headship of Christ yeah. that we have to be under His headship. This yep. isn't our church. Nope. This isn't our program. Nope. We are under His head. He, uh, we are under Him, under His authority. We operate according to Him. Right. Um, Drew did a fantastic sermon that mm. uh, still standing on the you know the wor- word preached that it is God's word that addresses these things, and yet the the capitulation is where we are seeing people not willing to preach the word of God. They're not equipping their people to stand for the truth. And all of this comes back to, I think, the one that I really loved listening to was Kofi's message. This is a spiritual battle. Absolutely. This is an absolute spiritual battle. We are not fighting a culture war mm-hmm. through elections and politics and everything else. This is a spiritual battle mm-hmm. where there is an actual spiritual enemy that's behind all of this. Yeah. And that the messages all spoke to that. And I think is why it's so important that we remember we have to make that stand. We have to still that. So with regard to the, you know, when you were talking about Christ's headship, yeah. explain for those who could not be here. If the, and if, I'm, again, I'm going to tell you, go to Crucible Ministries page, go listen to his sermon. It was fantastic. Talk about why the the we need to be re- remember why we need to be under the headship of Christ. Well, uh, n- number one, um, uh, just kind of a, a brief synopsis of of, of the sermon is is uh, God uh, the the God of peace as Hebrews thirteen twenty tells us is the God of peace is the one who uh, number one has created everything that we see. Um, he spoke it into existence, um, and and there is an enmity, um, but between us and God and 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 us with one another. Um, as well, that has been paid for and, and, and purchased by the blood of Jesus Christ. Um, and when you read through the scriptures and when you look through the scriptures and see um, the, the scriptures, to my brother Drew's point, um, uh, elevate Christ. Everything is Christ. We are his workmanship. We've been saved by grace through faith that no one may boast. Um, uh, you know, it, so, so 
we, we see throughout the scriptures that the, the church is referred to as the bride of Christ, the body of Christ, the family of God, as J.C. Ryle said. Um, and and so, so we, we have no um, authority, even as redeemed people, um, to take ownership of his body. Um, if we, uh, you know, if we don't acknowledge his headship, now look, it's one of those things like Dr. R.C. Sproul said, right? He said he hated the bumper sticker. The Bible says it. I believe it. That makes it so. Well, it's not a matter of you believing it. The right. Bible says it. That makes it so. Um, yeah, the Bible. Yeah, thank you. The, the, the Bible said it. Um, that settles it. Um, you're, so, too, you're too young to see that bumper sticker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so so when, when it comes to, when it comes to uh, Christ, he is the head of the church. If you refuse to acknowledge that or try to reinvent how church is done, the message that the church preaches, how Christ is worshipped, um, all you are doing is, is saying, I don't care about the name and the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I would sincerely question whether or not you are in the yeah. family of God, in the invisible church. And so we have to make sure that we as believers and, and then those, those pastors and church leaders that, 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 that they are desiring to, um, in word and in deed, um, honor Christ as Lord. Jesus, Jesus, des es curios. We have to make sure that that is the focus. Amen. Amen. And I think that's one of the big things that, I think I think this conference helps us take away on is this is as you say we have no right to to, to try and claim what is right. his it's his church right. and yet what we're seeing in our culture today the the it has been for quite some time the watering down of the word the unwillingness right. to call sin mm -hmm. sin right. to, the an unwillingness to call people to repentance in or, in order to get behinds in the seats and keep the pews warm and keep mm -hmm. the the money coming in we have soft pedaled the message so that people can feel like that that they are they're they're getting something out of it rather than yeah. who is this church for the church who, is not about you exactly right. the church is not about you the church is first and foremost for the glory of the lord jesus christ Amen. we are the church the invisible church is the inheritance that god has given the son so when it comes to church we have to remember it's not about you it doesn't matter the experience that you have, what you get out of worship, so on and so forth. The church is about the glory and the fame of Christ. Um, you know, we have to make sure what we're seeing in the culture right now, in the church culture, right, the professing evangelical culture with the adoption of, of, of CRT, with the adoption of the, these, these godless ideologies, as, as Kofi said, that, that, are, that are from the enemy. They are mm -hmm. tools of the enemy, absolutely, wholeheartedly. <clears throat> What, the reason that we're seeing them in the church, you know, some have said that they're a Trojan horse. No, they're not a Trojan horse. They've been willingly invited mm -hmm. in, knowing what they are. Yeah. They've been brought in and adopted by those peddling a works-based righteousness, a works-based religion that, as I said in my message, has a harmardiology that can never be satiated. So the original sin can never be paid for. Um, that they have, they have a canon of writings. They have an eschatology, a soteriology, all of that. And, and those peddling that, calling themselves pastors, will be head to, held to account. And that's not a place I would want to be when that happens. Yeah. Amen. Amen. As, as, as someone who's been pastoring, spe speak to that, what you're seeing as far as the impact of pastors who are bringing this in and are not willing to take that, that, that step. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, a lot of it's because of the fact that so many of these pastors, as you said, they just, they're trying to bring people in. Yeah. We, we made a major shift, unfortunately, in this country when it went to, well, we got to be seeker sensitive. Uh. We, we lost focus on Christ and put focus on an unbeliever. 
Church isn't for the unbeliever. No. Church is for the believer Amen. to go Amen. out and reach unbelievers. And, and so the focus of church changed. The definition of church ended up changing for many of these. It, it, it would say in Revelation they lost their candlestick. Mm. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. Because they're yeah. no longer a church. They're, they're a social club yep. with some Christianity you know, sprinkled in. Christian legalese. Yeah, Christianese. Yeah. Christianese. Some Christianese. <laughs> and so, the, but the reality is what you end up seeing with it is this is where the problem is. And, and now you, you get goofballs like Andy Stanley going, if, you know, that <laughs> if you're not in a me- mega church, you know, you're, you're somehow sinful. And sorry, but the majority of churches are small, and the majority of churches that are, that are doing well aren't, don't care how big they are, what programs they have, and all that other nonsense. They care about Christ and God's word being preached. And if God's word's not being preached, it's not church, period. Mm-hmm. Amen. And so that's where the focus has been lost. It's been lost in, in the fact, and this, is, this has been, you know, one of the things is my talk, going through some of the history, you end up seeing this is not the first time that the church has given up the authority of the church from Christ and trying to give it to man. That's right. And, I mean, this we see it through the Roman Catholic Church. Yep. I mean, that was the whole, in my talk with the debate with Huss, he was saying, no, it's, it's not the church, it's not a pope, it's Christ is the head of the right, church. Right. And that was, I mean, to them that was heresy. Mm. Yeah. Which, in Huss's words, he said, who's a better judge? Who's a higher authority to appeal to than the Lord Jesus Christ? That's right, that's right. The sinless one. That's right. How do you get a higher authority than Christ to appeal to? But men want to appeal to self and so what they do is they constantly are trying, you know, in the effort of getting people in, getting more people in, do, they have to do things to appeal to the world rather than to appeal to Christ. Because if you appeal to Christ, that may not get people in the seats. And I'm going to tell you right now, I've said this for a while with COVID, as now things are starting to open up, you are going to see the parachurch ministries or the churches that are so focused on paying payroll Mm-hmm. That they're going to start compromising because oh, they got to pay it's, payroll. It's already happened. Yeah. Look, so I have. A, I would have a question um, for for churches out there who have remained open. Um, uh, you know, the, the, there are so there, there are churches that I know of that would give themselves the label of reformed. Okay, because they think because they hold to a reformed soteriology, mm-hmm. then that means they're reformed. Yeah. Wrong. That took the PPP loan. Yeah. And these pastors and <laughs> the, these elders are taking six and seven vacations and sabbaticals a year all while their souls are, are dying daily and going mm-hmm. to hell. Yep. And so to that, I would say, sir, you are more concerned with your, your back pocket and the, the cachiche that, that is coming in. And, and, and yeah, I probably shouldn't have said that word because it threw everybody off. But you're more concerned with money because that's your idol. Yeah. Your God is not Christ. Mm-hmm. Your God is your wallet. And that, I, again, I will say you will be held account okay. for that. Yeah. The, the, the pastor's job is to shepherd the people of God. Right. Okay. I'll just say, the part of the problem that we have is pastors think they're above the sheep. Pastors oh, oh, are our sheep. sheep. Oh, good word. Okay. That's I, a good I, word. I had one pastor, he kept, he kept telling me, like, you know, he's one of these guys, he was like, I'm going to be the next John MacArthur of the East. We're going to have a seminar. He, okay. You're not John MacArthur. But the reality is, is, he kept saying to me, Andrew, that's why they're sheep and we're shepherds. He got real upset when one day I said, you know, don't forget, you're, you're a, a sheep, sheep too. <laughs> you know? 
but but the thing that you're going to see is so many ministries that are going to compromise because what they're going to try and do they're going to justify going well, we're trying we're doing ministry this is a good thing we we got to keep people employed to do ministry but they're going to make compromises you know. to try to make sure that that money keeps coming in those seats are being filled i mean i think one of the best things that happened out of covid well, there's a lot of good things that happened you know the, the over these 15 months and people go, what good things over since 2020? Well, first off, every faith healer or, or, or prophet, <laughs> word of faith guy, has been proven false. Every one of them predicted Trump was going to win. They all now have proven they're false prophets. Okay, done. Amen. We don't have to worry about any of them. Amen. The, the other thing that's happened, and I, it's happened in my church and so many other churches that I know, is so many churches were closed down. The churches have said no. It, we, we open, we stay open because this is what church is. Those churches have grown. Yep. Because everyone that was, I think what it is, is there's people that were solid believers in bad churches, and they stayed in bad churches because of friendships. Yeah. But now their church is closed, and they, because I mean, we have people that come over, and it's like, yeah, my church is still closed. And I'm, I'm like, yeah, this is probably somebody who they're the solid believer in a bad church, and they took advantage of the time since their church isn't meeting, mm. they're going to come over here. And That's guess what? Question. The That's solid churches are starting to grow. Now, I don't, I don't want to sound post-mill or anything here, but the post-mills will probably start saying, well, see, those solid churches are going to grow, and we're going to have revival again. Um, I pray for that. Sure, sure. I pray for that. Sure, for sure. And I, and I do think if there was ever a time that we would see a revival in yeah, America, yeah, you know, yeah. this, this could be it because all of a sudden solid churches are growing. And, but now is not the time for solid churches to go, okay, hey, we're going we're gonna to capitulate to the government. I mean, the reason all these other churches are, are as weak-kneed as they are is because they said, well, the government's saying, the government's saying, the government has no say in the church. That's right. That's right. Not because of something of separation of church and state. Well, Romans 13, because, bro. <laughs> because God is over the government. God establishes the government. I think that's I think that's one of the key problems that we're we're having. It comes back to what we were saying with, you know, that the we stand on the word of God. There are so many people because of what you're just saying as far as what's going on in the churches that do not understand. They and they are compromised because they've heard, you know, that the the government has this power, you know, it's Romans 13, we have to submit. And I think a lot of people Initially hearing that, they went, okay, let's do that. Uh, but it's because they have not been properly trained up to understand what the Word okay, of God so, says. Well, let's, let's start with this. Anyone that thinks that there's these emergency orders, there's no such thing. Nope. The first time it was tried was Abraham Lincoln. It was shot down. There is no law that allows the government to implement emergency orders. It doesn't exist. So you want to go with Romans 13? Romans 13 would say we follow the Constitution because the other thing is not law. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> but the reality is, is that now if there were like, here for all of you churches that were closed, any, if there's any pastors watching that, you know, are, were closed, are you reading like all the emails from Fauci now to realize it was all a lie? What everything that people, that many of us have been saying for 15 months, now, you know, he knew it. It was all political theater. Yep. And so the churches that gave into political theater gave into political theater at the expense of God's church and his people. And that, it, it, I think that's got to be something that is key. I mean, we have got to stop thinking that, that the church 
can be put under the authority of man. No. The, the, the church is under the authority of God. And where those, those places intersect, that, for example, where God has said, government, you have the authority to protect against evildoers, to punish evildoers. So if, <clears throat> go back to what everybody likes to talk about, <clears throat> about all these scandals in the churches. Okay, let's talk about that for a second. When you're a pastor and you've got somebody that makes a report that somebody has abused someone, that's when you can call in the government and you yeah. can have them investigate. But beyond that, that's not the government's realm. If there's sin going on in the church, it's, mm -hmm. not, an, it's not a criminal issue, it's not an abuse issue, yep. then the, the pastor has that authority because yep. it's given to him by the Word of God, by God himself, to do. Well, which, let, let, let me say this real quick. Um, for, for, for those people who think that, that government should be able to have a say in what the church does, um, uh, and, and I allude well, to... Hold on, hold on. Let me, two words for that. If, if there's someone that thinks the government should have a say in the church, go home. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so first and foremost, uh, you know, Scripture tells us that all have sinned, right? All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Um, Ephesians chapter 2 says, tells us that we were dead in our transgressions and sins, mm -hmm. um, in which you formerly walked according to the course of this world, according to the ruler of the power of the air, the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience, among whom we also formerly conducted ourselves in the lusts of our flesh, doing the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, even as the rest. Let me ask the believers that, that, that can hear my voice this question. What makes you think that someone who is dead in their trespasses and sins, someone who doesn't give a rip about the name of the glory of Christ, or you for that matter, should have any say in how the bride of Christ, the body of Christ, operates? That is just hogwash. Well, let me add to that. It's not just that. But these are the people who we will sit in the council of, and judge in the final judgment. Right. And yet we're going to listen to them on how we should do church. Well, and again, I think that just comes right back to what is the church. And we have, not, we have a lot of people who simply don't understand what it is. And you have a lot of people who are being faced with oncoming uh, issues and problems that are in our culture today who have not been taught what the church is. You, they, don't, they don't understand its nature and its, it, why it exists. And as you said, it is for the glory of Christ. Mm -hmm. So when we, if you think that a church is a place where people come to get a feel-good message, then you don't have anything to stand against. Well, the, the, I, I think the bigger problem is the fact that, that there are too many professing believers out there who don't know what the gospel is. Amen. True too. Amen. They, they, they think the gospel is a set of moralistic rules to help you be a better humanist. Yep. That's what they think. But that's not the gospel. The gospel is, is the fact that you were dead in your sin and on your way, breakneck speed, crash course to live in eternity in hell under the wrath of God. And that through the life, death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins is the only thing that you have to stand on. The only hope that you have is yeah. Christ. People, people don't know the gospel. Yeah. That's the biggest problem. Yeah. People who profess Christ, he's my savior, but is he your Lord? I don't want to hear about the savior stuff until you tell me Amen. he is your Lord and that your desire is to live a holy life under the law of God because you love God. Amen. Amen. You know, when, when I, in, in my book, What Do We Believe, I have a chapter on the church. The way that actually started was addressing the fact that so many people don't know what church is. The, the term church has changed over time. I mean, it, the, right. the word ecclesia right. or in its original form was a gathering together right. to vote. 
belonging to God. Well, that's well, well, okay. well, okay. okay. what you're saying. But then it became, you know, we end up seeing it morphing it, in the time of Christ. It's a gathering for the purpose of worship. You know, then we end up seeing that as the Catholic Church morphs things, we end up seeing with, with guys like Wycliffe and Huss going, no, this is the gathering, right. not just of worship, but, but it is a gathering of the saints, the visible versus invisible church. Right. Then, then right. They, the Puritans said, no, no, it's not just that, but it's also the gathering for the purpose of three things. It's the proclamation of God's word. Amen. It's the practice of the ordinances, and it's church discipline. So it's the purity of the church. Come on. As we continue to, to grow, we end up seeing more specifically throughout time. Now, some are going to disagree with me this. I would just say that... We continue seeing that, you know, in later years, and we end up seeing that the church definition of church grows to make it distinguishable from the nation of Israel. But some will disagree. <laughs> <laughs> you, you are in the wrong room to start that discussion. Let's no, but, but back what on we end up seeing, though, is we, we see that the church has become more and more and more specific. Okay? And we have to say, what is the church? First off, you cannot have a church at home. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying home church. I'm saying you can't have a church that says, why well, me? I just have church by myself at home. I watch TV or watch a certain. You also can't say we're going to do church via Zoom. Yeah. The church, by definition, is a gathering. Yeah. And more specifically, through history, a gathering for the purpose of the worship of God. And more specifically, it is a gathering for the worship of God where we proclaim God's word, practice the ordinances, and purify the church through discipline. You can't do that over Zoom. I'm sorry. And so the churches that, that have said, well, we're going to stay closed, we're going to, you know, you're not practicing church. No. You're playing church. Mm-hmm. And, 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 I mean, let's, let's clarify. I mean, it's, the tool is great. If you can't be there, if there's a legitimate reason you yeah. can't be there, providentially you're still, providentially prov- exactly, yeah. Yeah. then it's great to hear the teaching. But that's what you're doing. You're hearing the teaching. Yeah. You're not in church. We, we know, I mean, we've got people that listen to our program that can't get there because of literal physical disabilities. Right. So for them, that is, that right. is providentially provided by God right. for their circumstances. And we are grateful <clears throat> for such a tool, just like what we're doing right now. Yeah. But the reality is that's not what the design of the church was. Correct. And right. we've got to get people to understand that. And we and because we have not understood that, that's why we're seeing the church invite all this in. And there was a the, and I just I'll let you talk so, in a yeah, second, but yep, I just want to yep, bring this yep, up. Yep. Mike King, who's listening to us, and, and Mike, you're not heckling me, so I appreciate that. Um, but <laughs> he used to be my, our, our our chat room heckler back in the day when we were doing a different podcast. <laughs> um, so he's actually asking questions, not heckling. Thank you, Mike. Um, so he has a great question, which is how are we to discipline our children to prepare them for the ongoing battle? for the authority of Scripture. And I think that's a fantastic a question, question because we have watched what's happened mm-hmm. when we've got children's church and youth groups and pizza party lock-ins. We've got a generation that have grown up with no yeah. understanding of the authority of Scripture. Yeah. So to that end, I mean, for both of you, how they, do we they're, do they're, that? They're, look, the re, you know the biggest problem with the segregation we've done in churches? Mm. We, we keep mm-hmm. them from knowing what church is until now you're adults. Oh, we're gonna we're gonna play. I mean, I'm sorry. You're gonna sit there and play games in, in a youth group because we gotta have something for the kids to do. You, you know what I did when I was a pastor? When we had and they put me in charge of youth group. I said, okay, you know what we're doing an hour before youth group. We're going out on the streets and evangelizing. So when those kids got into youth group, all the unsafe kids, all the safe kids were already tuned up to evangelize. When they got there, it was like there was no game time. We just had a 
time of, of hanging out and talking. Why? Because those guys were already geared up from being on the streets for an hour. They got in there and boom, they just hit it and start hitting the gospel with, with the friends from school. Why? Because now they were ready for it. I did not have to teach moralism, which is what they teach in youth groups. Why? Because they, were, they knew their testimony was on the line with the unbelievers who were watching. Yeah. But, but we wait until they're adults and then we, we keep them from real church. We don't have them in church. And then we say, okay, now you're adults and you're going to be in church. How did the Puritans do it? The Puritans sat there, some of the Puritans used to have it where they would have a family box where the kids are watching the preacher and they're watching the kids. And then they go home and the parents are catechizing the kids on everything that was preached. So A, the parents have to pay enough attention to know what's said to be able to talk to the kids about it, but they're going to make sure the kids are paying attention. That doesn't happen anymore. You know, now, no joke, right? What, what is the Sunday school answer? What do you learn today, kids? Jesus. Yes. Yeah. Or it's I don't know. Well, <laughs> let, me, let me let me answer Mike's question by saying this: um, the 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 number one uh, the, the number one responsibility um, when it comes to who disciples children in the church is the parents. Mm -hmm. Yep. The number one responsibility. Um, so there are some parents out there who may say, "Well, I'm not equipped to do that. I can't do that." Well, then I would say this: um, you're called to be a theologian and apologist mm -hmm. as a Christian. You are called to be a theologian and apologist. You cannot, you cannot rely completely on a youth pastor or even a pastor to disciple your kids. No one's going to have the effect on them that you will. Right. So, so, so we have to remember that. Um, and, and you know, when you look at the pastoral epistles, right? The pastoral epistles. When you see the qualifications for a pastor or an elder. Why are those qualifications there? Obviously, to qualify men who have been called, confirmed by God, to be leaders in the church, to be under shepherds, under the chief shepherd. However, however, please understand that those qualifications are uh, qualifications that we should aim for as believers. When we see in Titus 1.9 that we're to be holding fast the faithful word, which is in accordance with the teaching, so that he will be able to both exhort in sound doctrine and reprove those who contradict. That's for all believers. All believers need to be able to do that. So, Mike, to your question, when those kids, um, when, when, when your kids... Uh, oh, yeah, sorry, sorry, I was looking down there, sorry. Uh, when, when your kids are, you know, uh, coming home, if, you, if, if they unfortunately are in public schools... Uh, and they come home having questions about why were we just taught critical race theory today? Well, it's your responsibility, call, and command as a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ to be able to sit them down in Scripture to show them where those ideologies are false, they're against what God teaches, and they should be rejected, completely rejected. A absolutely. And that, that's, I think, the problem that we are not <clears throat> teaching inside the church, that the parents, you ha your parents are not going to like this. He's right. You're absolutely responsible, 100% responsible for yes. your child's upbringing in the church because you brought them into this world. God gave you that duty. You don't believe that. Go back to the, you know, the Old Testament. What were, the, what were they said? You, you teach them when they rise up, when they lay down, when you're going out, when you're coming in. Every day you are to be communicating yeah. the gospel and the uh, truths of Scripture to sure. your children. Sure. And do we have to sit down and have a Bible lesson every single day? That would be fantastic, by yeah. the way. Yeah. But you can do that in a million different ways. 
we have had conversations with my kids driving to and from town, sure. talking about, you know, my kid would make a joke about something, I'd grab it, I'd grab that and say, okay, talk to him, let's talk right. about that. Why do you say that? Why do you do that? And to my kid's chagrin, now he's in a conversation and a debate with his father over a, <laughs> a particular issue. And they, sometimes it was like, Dad, you make a, a, a lesson out of everything. But that's what we should be doing. I love what Vody Balcom addressed this in a video I watched one time where he was saying, well, you know, we've got all these parents that don't teach their children, so we've got to have children's ministry. Well, why don't we have a ministry for everything that parents aren't good at or for our <laughs> congregants aren't good at? They don't make good choices in their marriage. Let's make, a let's make a committee that makes choices for them. They don't name their kids right, so let's make a, 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 a committee for that. We, we don't do that for every other issue, but we feel like, well, let's do that for the parents because the parents aren't <coughs> equipped. Why are you worrying about why equipping we, the kids? Equip the parents. Why do we do that? Why do we do that? Pragmatism. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Pragmatism. Well, another reason why we do that, and, and I think it's the greatest issue suffering of the church today, the sufficiency of Christ mm -hmm. and of mm -hmm. Scripture. People don't think the Bible has the answer. Yeah. Or enough of an answer. Yeah. And, and I mean, isn't that what isn't that what the SBC did, right? With yeah. their last right. Re said, Re resolution hey, nine. Yep. Resolution nine. Yep. We 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 think that critical racism theory is is something that's useful as a tool. <laughs> Sorry, that's the proper name. It for is. It, it is. <laughs> it is. Critical I agree. racism theory because it's racism. Yeah. So, but but that's an, a, a tool. What the Bible isn't good enough for to tell us what a healthy church looks like? No, we need we need a Marxist ideology to tell us what how the church is doing. Yeah, and that, I, that goes back to that, the, the, as you say, the issue of pragmatism, the idea that we don't believe there is sufficiency in the scripture itself, and I yeah. think that's the issue. Let's talk about the SBC for a second. You've got sure. people who are saying, "Oh, we're, there's no." All right, I'll say it, Al Mohler. There's no liberal drift in the SBC. Are you kidding me, Al? You've got women preachers who are being promoted on websites the four SBC churches. Yeah, see, he Curtis just ignores Woods. that. that yeah. Yeah. If he ignores it, it doesn't happen. Exactly. So, so Curtis Woods, right, who is the one that when you watch By What Standard, right. when you watch the video of the SBC convention that happened in 2019, he's the one <clears> that came and said, we want to present resolutions 9 through 13 as a block. Um, and, and then, of course, Dr. Tom Maskell, Dr. Tom Buck, Dr. Josh Bice. No, 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 no. So he was the one. Um, Tell me there's no liberal drift in the SBC. He was the one that gutted the original Resolution 9, which was actually very much absolutely 110% against critical race theory. They gutted it and reworded it to use it as an analytical tool. And that is not at all, obviously, what, what that is. There is absolutely a liberal drift in, in the SBC. There... There's a liberal drift in the church. What we're, I mean, oh, to Andrew's point, absolutely. You'll have people say, well, we won the battle of inerrancy. We won the battle of inerrancy, but we're losing the battle of sufficiency. And, and that's, that's the real issue is that we don't believe within the churches today. I will say, I always say this on the show, professing churches. Because yep. I'm not going to say there's always, God's always got his remnant. And so there's always good, solid churches and good, right. solid pastors who are not absolutely. falling uh, and Definitely. coming to this. But the you know in churches across evangelicalism across the spectrum, and we're not talking about the progressive churches or the liberals. We're right. talking about churches that would claim that they believe the Bible. Right. When you say <laughs> I'm going to adopt it, which there is no question. All you have to do is look and read the material that the other side puts out. 
You don't have to go and just read, say, Bodie Balcom's book or uh, Owen Strand's book, which is coming out, or any other. You can go and read their books. I did an entire episode with you, did it on our show, and wrote an article about white fragility. It is one of the most painful books I've ever read. <laughs> oh, I can give you plenty more. No, no, thank you. I've got plenty. Um, and probably the most marked up book next to my Bible. Yeah. And wow. be because they have in there where their ideologies come from. Right. So when you try to say, I'm going to use this as an analytical tool, and I'm going to pretend it doesn't have any of the godlessness, Marxism, postmodernism, political activism that is anti-God in every way. I mean, Absolutely. every every person down the line who contributed to the development of these critical theories was godless. They yep. hated the Word of God. And yet, you're going to claim, oh no, that's an analytical tool, when the writers and crafters of this have said, no, it's a worldview, and it is for tearing down and the building up of something else, and the biggest target they have is the Christian faith. So one of the things I love to do is that you get someone that says <clears throat> that using CRT as an analytical tool is a good thing. And I, I love to ask this question. I've done this with one pastor. <clears throat> I said, so what do you think about holy yoga? Oh, you, can, you, can't, you can't do that because it's a mixing of the, the Eastern religions and all this. Oh, but you can separate CRT from its worldview, just no, not can't. yoga. No, you, you can't at all. So, so for for a couple of uh, for for a fantastic resource on there, if you don't want to go read a lot of uh, a lot of the the proponents of critical race theory, uh, just go to justthinking.me. That was coming. <laughs> I, so, I, so what's your official? Yeah, yeah. What's your official <laughs> uh, I'm the public relations <laughs> manager for Just Thinking. Um, so, but just we have no public relations manager. We had to do this on our own. That's so. true. <laughs> uh, Justthinking.me/slash 108. Justthinking.me/slash 108, or just wherever you listen to podcasts, go listen to episode 108, Critical Race Theory. It's an, it's three and a half hours. Daryl Harrison, Virgil Walker, breaking down critical race theory using the proponents and supporters of critical race theory, um, and, and they break it down from its history to its proponents and then come in swinging biblically and show you why there is no baby in bathwater. It's just toxic water, uh, and it must be avoided and rejected by any professing believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. And let, let me tap, tap onto that as well. Let's just say if there are churches that need help in educating people yeah. on this because one of the things we at Trevor Fernie do is we come in and do weekend seminars. We have a weekend seminar on social justice. Yep. Mm -hmm. We went down to a church in Florida that the pastor didn't know anything. This was at the, the Shepherds Conference where, yep. you know, Al Mohler got asked some, some uncomfortable questions <laughs> and, uh, you know, and, and everyone was asking like, what is going on here? And so we sat down with this pastor and he, he felt he was like, his church was unequipped to handle this. And so we came down, did a weekend seminar, and trained them. And then we came down with Justin Peters and did our Snatch Them from the Flame seminar yeah. with a whole bunch of churches. Yeah. And a lot of SBC churches, and those churches now are just bringing as many people to go down and address the issue at the next convention. Why? Because they got trained. So, yep. Yep. you know, Just yep. Thinking yep. is for podcasts. There's some great resources there on, on listening to that. And then if, if you want to dive deeper in, for a church at Striving Fraternity, we can come in and do weekend seminars and, and train people not only what it is, because we go through the history, we go yep, through yep. all the way back to the French Revolution, yeah. and you show the history of it and what they're doing and how they're trying to influence church, how they use scripture to try to say this is, this is Christian, they're trying to Christianize this. Uh, and, and the church, many people in the church, because the reality is many pastors 
are not equipped for what the people in the pews are going through because they sit with the Word of God preparing for Sunday every week, and the people at work, especially if they work for these Fortune 500 companies, are being forced CRT every right, day. Right, they have to go through right, trainings, right. anti-racism training, oh, yeah. all this stuff. And, and a lot of pastors don't know what, what's going on in, in the workplace. Yeah. And in the workplace, they're, they're being, this is being shoved down their throats. Yeah. And there's pastors that just don't know how do we, how do we tell people how to deal with this. This, this isn't an easy thing. I mean, sure, when, when you sure. go to work and, and it's like, well, your, your job's on the line, and they're sitting there and just trying to indoctrinate you, indoctrinate you, indoctrinate you. And for a lot of people, it starts to go, well, this doesn't seem so bad. And then they go to right, church, right. and the pastor's not equipped to deal with it. And it's like, well, it doesn't seem so bad. I'm used to it at work. It's like, so what if we just give a little? It's not a big deal. And, and this is where it starts to cave. Right, right, right. And, and add on top of that, you got people who are being indoctrinated like that. And... Churches that either are not equipped to or unwilling to Oof. get into this issue, yeah. you're not equipping your people no. to stand. <clears throat> well, you're, so what, you're not no. loving if you address these well, yeah, issues. Exactly. Right? Isn't that, uh, that's the quite the opposite. Quite you know, the opposite. It's, it's, it, because it's in, and this this goes back to the responsibility of a pastor, right? The responsibility of mm -hmm. a pastor is to shepherd. Where does that start first and foremost from the pulpit? Mm -hmm. um, you know. Well, I, well, no. Let me back that up. It, it doesn't start at the pulpit. It starts in the preparation. It correct. Starts in correct. The heart correct. Of the yeah, yeah, yeah. Agreed. Right. Agreed. Uh, right. For so, but you have so many pastors out there who are just like, well, you know, I mean, even even well-meaning, expositionally preaching, uh, you know, pastors who say, well, I don't really do topical stuff. Well, well, you, you have to understand something. If you're you're preaching exegetically through the scriptures, you're going to have to deal with anth anthropology at some point. Mm -hmm. There's where you address that, yeah. and you have to address it because critical race theory. Uh, critical social justice theory, critical theory in and of itself, has infected, not mm -hmm. is, has infected everything we see. Yeah. And and where it is where it is being aimed at, I mean aim small, miss small, targeted at, are your kids. Yeah. Are the schools. Now, and not just the kids, but the church. You know, the reality is with, with the stuff with CRT and social justice, it's one of the few times the church has been ahead of the curve. Mm. I mean, if you think about it, if you listen to any political podcast, you weren't hearing about CRT mm -hmm. until just before Trump was out of office and he said, we're not going to have this anymore in, in federal, in federal anywhere, whether it's military or anything. But the church, we've been dealing with this for a while. We've been addressing this and saying this, this, these are issues where everyone, the, the culture has been kind of just not even seeing it. Well, now I, 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 I would disagree, and the reason I'm saying that is because you may not have heard the name critical race theory, but 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 this stuff, critical theory, critical social oh, it's, justice it's been theory, for a yeah. been a long time, time long oh, yeah. time. But you, in fact, do you know do you know the first protest in Washington D.C. In the, at the National Mall was social justice? Yep. It was a yep. very well, I forget his name offhand, but a very wealthy guy. He he retired, had all his money, and then decided you know he needed to raise awareness for other people to give money for the poor. Now, he, it was interesting because he didn't give his money. Mm -hmm. He just had a march to yeah. get awareness for everyone else to give money. Yeah. Right. It, typical people that support social justice, they don't give their own money, right? Right. right. I mean, because well, Bezos is by, whatever uh, from Amazon, he's, he's worth almost a trillion. Yeah. I mean, don't you think if he just gave up half of that, he could do a lot. Yep. And, and he, he actually has more money that he could give toward this if he's so concerned with it than all the money he's trying to get everyone else to give through government. All right. So my uh, my partner's chiming in here and he's uh, wanting us to, to 
put it as short and simply as possible. Oh, how the <laughs> yeah, <laughs> thanks, Rich. The, you know, real simple question: How does critical theory contradict the gospel of Christ? I think the first place to start with that is what is the purpose of critical theory? Critical theory says there's oppressors and oppressed, mm -hmm. and the whole point is that you have to tear down the oppress oppressors and lift up the oppressed. Mm -hmm. And what is the the first thing you're doing when you do that? You are creating division you're, and you're, and you're on, based on class warfare it'll be on social justice warfare whatever you want to call it what do you and what do you have to do to make that happen you have to make the oppressed jealous of those who oppress them yeah. hateful of those who oppress them mm -hmm. that is anti-biblical in itself because we all recognize that as followers of Christ that all men all mankind are sinful and um, we all are in need of Christ. So whether you are rich or poor, whether you are black or white, whether you are male, female, whatever, you are, before God, a rebel sinner in dire need of salvation. Mm -hmm. Critical theory says, oh no, it's not whether you're in Adam or in Christ. It is oppressor and oppressed. It has its own divisions and it, uh, it requires perpetual warfare between those groups there can be no unity. There can be no redemption. There can be no uh, bringing together in reconciliation because you have to have a perpetual victimization. So, so, so it, yeah, it's, it's about power structures. It's about, uh, it's about right, so you, you Rich, know, to answer your question. You get the big Bible because you're going to Old Testament <laughs> I'm going OT, baby. I'm going OT. His, I'm going his OT. LSB doesn't work anymore. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> not yet. But if, if the listeners to this show or anybody watching online hasn't read the Legacy Standard Bible, go to lsbbible.org and do so now. No, they're not sponsoring this, but I just love them. Um, so let me, let, me, let me answer Rich. Rich. Bro, that's such a hard question to answer uh, quickly and short. Um, so okay, then I'll do it but, after you. But long and yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, so so let me let me try to do this as as, as short as possible. Um, the original sin of CRT um, can never be satiated. Mm -hmm. You are guilty um, simply on the immutable attribute of the melanin that God gave you when you were created in the womb. Um, but you have to repent of your benefit of power structures such as whiteness. So, um, so let me just throw some scripture at it and, and show you in scripture for everybody listening or watching why it is antithetical. Um, so first of all, you know, you may hear the, well, you need to repent of, of the sins of the past. Jim Crow, uh, 1619. All this stuff, right? Well, let, let, let me just throw some scripture at it. First of all, slavery did not begin in 1619. You need to go right. back much farther than that. Um, so critical race theory, uh, you know. In 1619, the first slaves were black slavers. They were black slave owners that from Africa that brought their black fellow. Slaves. Yes, yeah. bla black so, slaves. And, and which, by the way, the in the mid-Atlantic slave trade, the, uh, the country that benefited the most from slavery was not the United States. It was Brazil. Fun fact. Um, so, but but we're being told that you have to, you have, we are owed, black people are owed these reparations because of these power structures. Well, and you need to repent of that. You need to repent of your fathers and your grandfathers and their sins. So let me throw some scripture at it. Ezekiel 18, 20. The person who sins will die. That's all of us apart from, well, well anyway, that's, yeah, it's all of us. For all have sinned, right? All die, therefore that just proves that, right? The person who sins dies. Listen to this. 
The son will not bear the punishment for the father's iniquity, nor will the father bear the punishment for the son's iniquity. The righteousness of the righteous will be upon himself, and the wickedness of the wicked will be upon himself. There's no paying for, there's no restitution or reparations that have to be made for someone someone else did. You have two choices as a believer, as a person. You can either love or hate, period. Whatever qualifier you put in front of that, it's still hate or it's still love. So as far as justice, social justice, there's no such thing biblically as social justice. Whenever you put a qualifier in front of the word justice, it's no longer just. Okay? Two passages very quickly. Leviticus 8, uh, 19, 15. You shall do no injustice in judgment. You shall not be partial to the poor nor defer to the great, but you are to judge your neighbor fairly. Deuteronomy. Let me go back there. Deuteronomy 117. You shall not show partiality in judgment. You shall hear the small and the great alike. You shall not fear man, for the judgment is God's. The, critical race theory intersectionality, social justice, all it does is create division and create partiality, which is a sin. That's one of the many reasons why it's antithetical to Scripture. The last thing I'll say is go read Ephesians 2, 11 through 22. Go read Ephesians 2, 1 through 22. It clearly shows that through the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, he has broken down the dividing wall, the enmity that we had with him and with one another. I will, I will say, I mean, you guys noticed there wasn't page turning over there. Okay, because when he was preaching in the sermon, he wanted page I'm oh, old school, so I, I go back to scrolling here. Okay, I'm old school. You're, you're digitally page turning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so let me go all the way back to original sin. Yeah, okay? you do. So, yeah. so Genesis chapter 2. Here, here's the thing what CRT and these things do. Genesis chapter 2, verse 16. The Lord commanded man, saying, From any tree in the garden you may eat freely... But the tree of the knowledge of the good and evil you shall not eat. From the day you eat of it, you shall die. Okay. This is where sometimes you've got to pay attention to subtle things in Scripture. What is it that the Lord said? How many trees can they eat from? Any of them freely except Except one. one. Okay. That's important because most people don't pick up on what Satan said. In chapter 3, verse 2. Sorry, in verse 1. Now the serpent being more crafty than any beast of the field which the Lord had made, and he said to the woman, Indeed has God said, You shall not eat from any tree in the garden. How many trees can't she eat from? One. What does Satan do? Takes the one thing that she can't have and says that's everything. Twist it. Yep. Twist it. So so here what you have is you have people that, well, you know, I can't get that job that that person has. That's every, then, then that's injustice. They twist it just like Satan did. And so if you don't have something, you should have everything. You know why CRT, intersectionality, and all this stuff will never work in the end? Because the guys like President Biden who are trying to institute it are president. Not everybody's president. Yeah. Right? If, if you are going to actually institute that properly, everybody becomes president. Yeah. Well, look, there, there, there's no workers. No. We're all in bosses because we all have to end equally. That's, that's the whole thing. It's not that we start equally. They say that we have to end equally. And let me just real quick talk about intersectionality. People may hear this term intersectionality. Intersectionality basically is this, that it, depending on, on how many 
you know, how you grow up. So, so you know, we grow up as, as white guys. Kofi's black. He gets an intersectionality point. Mm-hmm. Not really, but we'll get to that. Mm-hmm. So if you're black and a woman, you get two. Black, woman, homosexual, you get three. For, for each of the oppressed groups, you get an extra intersectionality point. Why doesn't Kofi get one? Because as a Christian, you get none. That's right. Right? Back, so that tells you what zero, this is bro. really about. It's not really about, oh, because you had to... Be, you, you are oppressed. In fact, very interesting. Go read Barack Obama's book. He'll tell you he had to learn how to be oppressed. His white Woo! mother had to teach him how to be black. She realized he didn't understand what it was like being raised, being black, and she sent him to the library to read books on what it's like to be oppressed. That tells you he, it's something taught. You know, we, we were just at, at, a, at a pool at, at a hotel Met another believer, his kids, Anthony's kids, they're sitting there, black, white, kids are all playing, they don't know the difference. It's funny because nope. Anthony nope. said to me, nope. he goes, yep. you know, it's funny, I'm watching these kids, none of them see color. That's right. Next day, the guy had said to Anthony, he goes, it's really fun, I'm watching our kids play. You notice, they don't even see color. They don't care. Yeah, that's taught. Racism care. is taught. It's not inherent. Mm-hmm. Well, look, I mean, the whole, there's the whole claim right now, equity and equality, right? Yeah. Right. Those are the terms I was referring to. Right, the, right. the starting point of the end. Right. E- equity of outcome or equality. Mm-hmm. We don't want equity of outcome Mm-mm. as believers. What's fair for us is dying a painful death and then and then experiencing the wrath of God in hell for all of eternity. That's just. That's fair. You That's want, just. You, you want justice? That's just. What people are crying about is, is equity of outcomes, right? Equity yeah. has to do with outcomes. Equality, okay. I, I can I can get behind that, right? We're all equal, so right. at the starting Absolutely. point, we should all have the same opportunities. Absolutely. And, I, you know, you, you see, and I'm forgetting who, the, who was a, that put a video out, but he, he was saying, oh, it was, it was the guy who, who was part of the BLM that started the BLM, I think, in San Francisco and left because yep. he said they're, they're racist. And that, sure. That it's, you know, and he said, what was it? He, he was taught by his, his grandmother or whatever that you need to get an education. And education will get you places. He had the equal the equality to to be able to start in the same place all of us get an education you get more job offers sure you get different you can do different sure, things sure, like sure. he took advantage of that and did that worked hard to get to college you know what's funny but though? it doesn't mean that oh, at sorry. the end he gets to be president of the company right it, there's a difference between disparities and differences yeah right the, 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 there's a big difference b- between the two mm-hmm. and, and you know what's really funny though is all of these. Um, I mean, was all these uh, people like Joe Biden, uh, to, to, to KT, to KT uh, Taylor's point, all these people like Joe Biden um, and, and that are peddling this. So if they really believed it, then they would give up everything that they have. No, yeah. they, they would step down. Not yeah. that we want this because we know Harris is in the wings, but they, they <laughs> like Pelosi, <laughs> Schumer, Biden, resign right. and put some, you know, I mean, Biden was willing to, to, to fire his white press secretary to put a black press secretary in, but he won't fire himself to put a black person in. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I know we've been, we're coming up, uh, I think we've just gone over a little bit of an hour, so let's let's try to bring this back around and we'll, we'll wrap things up. Um, so are we ev- still standing? We're still, well, we're, we've been sitting, actually, but. Hey, for the record, <laughs> though, I did, I did notice something I've never noticed before with, your, with the logo. 
because I'm just I'm looking at it on, on the screen and seeing it with the Captain America thing here. Do you guys notice something? It's it's really it's all, it's a Captain America symbol with the R in the middle it's, instead of the star. I, I just you know I was noticing that that I, I think that's that was the, not planned. That was the inspiration I think of the. Um, logo. So, the, but to, 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 you really had to do that. Okay, so to bring this back around, though, I mean, so, Rich, thank you for having us address that because yeah, I, I don't think a lot of us stop to think about, we hear that. It was KT who brought up, or not, sorry, not KT, but uh, Linda Yost mentioned she had a young lady, says she's a Christian, that says, well, no, social justice is the gospel. And that's the problem. If you don't understand the, the 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 worldview you're facing and you don't understand the word of god itself that's where this becomes a problem mm -hmm. yeah. and that's where coming back around to what we started with the still standing that it's the authority of scripture sure. that we're under the christ that it's his work of salvation his holy spirit that brings us through sanctification that we do this specifically for the glory of god not for our own glory Right. And that is the biggest problem that we're seeing with this kind of thinking that is brought into the church is that it's not about God's glory. It is about what man gets. It's about what I feel like I deserve and you have and I don't. And so therefore, it has shifted the focus off of, uh, off of God. It has shifted it solely back on man. It's just another form of man-centered teaching. And there yeah. is a biblical word for that. Stealing. Amen. Amen. So... As, as we wrap this up, and, and what what can we say to the people listening and to other pastors? And I, I can tell right tell you right now, my pastors of my church have been doing something that I think is just fantastic, and it's you know twice a month on a Wednesday night we are sitting down and we are working our way through these various issues, and they are doing it not just to say here's the world view and why it's a problem, but then they are bringing it back to here's how you deal with it biblically. Mm -hmm. And so what, you know, what would you guys say to the listeners and what they could say to their pastors or pastors who will hear this? What do you do? How do you get your congregation back to the point where they are under the authority of Scripture, under the headship of Christ? What do we want to encourage them to do? Well, I think it starts at the pulpit. I mean, that's where it starts. The pastor has to show that he believes, first and foremost, in the sufficiency of Scripture. Mm -hmm. That, that he's not bringing in world views and world ideologies into sermons, but saying that we stand on Scripture alone. I mean, that was the, that was the call for the Reformation. Is, it's not the world system. It's not the government. It's not, you know, for, for many Christians, I forget who said it. Someone, I think, today uh, you know, said, made the, the comment about QAnon. Right? I mean, how many churches are, are, are caught up in, in QAnon nonsense? This is the endless you know, genealogy spoken of, the, just discussing of, of the nonsense. And, and the reality is, is that this is, this is sucking people into the, the worldly ideas. And more people are focused in the church on QAnon and how to get Trump back in office. And, you know, wh whether there's a United States corporation and, I mean, all this stuff that, that's going on. And the reality is, is people got to give that up and stop seeing their hope in a politician and Trump or anyone like that and see that, that their hope is in Christ and in the, in the gospel and the word of God is the source of all faith and practice. Amen. Yeah. Um, so many things I, I want to say. Um, but this isn't just thinking, so we don't have three and a half hours. <laughs> right, right, so, right. Um, I mean, there's so, like Andrew's talking, and then I'm like, a ding, ding, ding. I'm like, oh, gosh. Um, 
Um, you know, to answer your question, because um, there was a specific question asked, um, uh, pastors, uh, leaders, if, if you have truly been called um, more, more than just your desire, but God has truly called you to shepherd, then you have a weighty task before you. You have one, um, you know, as Charles Spurgeon has said, if God has called you, um, what is the quote? God has called you to be a slave. Why would you stoop to be a king? Um, another topic for another time. <laughs> yeah. If God has called you to be his servant, why would you stoop to be a king? Um, so so I, I'm just going to, I'll wrap up my thoughts um, with scripture because it's the only thing that has authority. Amen. Um, and uh, I'm just going to share First Peter 5, and then I'm going to flip over to 2 Timothy. Um, this is First uh, Peter 5. Therefore, I exhort the elders among you as your fellow elder and witness of the sufferings of Christ as a partaker of the glory that is to be revealed. Shepherd the flock of God among you, overseeing not under compulsion, but willingly according to God, and not for dishonest or sordid gain in other translations, but with eagerness, mm -hmm. nor yet as lording it over those allotted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when, you're ch and when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. So then I'll wrap up with this. 2 Timothy 3, starting in verse 16. All scripture is God-breathed and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be equipped having been thoroughly equipped for every good work. Yep. I solemnly charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, by his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word. Be ready in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with great patience and teaching. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but wanting to have their ears tickled, they will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance to their own desires and will turn away their ears from tr the truth and will turn aside to myths. But you, pastor, be sober in all things, endure hardship, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. Amen. Okay, no, no, wait a minute. You know, for Folks who are watching, I mean, you, you make too many facial expressions. We need to explain some things because there's a chat going on here. And we'll go back to the other because we got it. We got it. Was that K, KT? KT. Okay, so, so we got to explain some things because just before someone walked in, KT posted that she wants Anthony time. So we have to first explain what Anthony time is. Okay, on Apologetics Live every Thursday night, it's supposed to be from 8 to 10 Eastern. But when, when I was away for a while, Anthony took over and every show went more than two hours. That became known as Anthony time. So people are asking for Anthony time. The response was, Anthony's not here. As I type this, in walks Anthony Silvestro. <laughs> I'm not joking, KT. As I typed it, look who walks in. <laughs> well, you can't see there. It's, it's all delayed. So, so, <laughs> so yeah. And, and the, the other thing they were saying, go back to the other thing. Because uh, this is actually a good way to conclude. Yes. Right? So, so where does this lead? So someone had posted a, th a tweet, the sad and disturbing mental, uh, sad and certain mentality of the Bethites. Referring so to Bethmore. Bethmore. So let's read what Bethmore posted. This is what Bethmore posted, I guess, just recently. Hearts pounding. Just had an encounter between my 
dog bird and a copperhead. Bird dog. Bird dog, sorry. Uh, don't have don't have my snake state uh, snake you, stick. I'll read it. I'll you read, read it. it. <laughs> Hearts pounding. Just had an encounter between my bird dog and a copperhead. Didn't have my snake stick with me, and every single limb on the ground was rotten from all the rain. All I had was the thick sole of my ankle. High rubber boots said to myself, aim good, girl, or get bit. Okay, so this is her, her next response is she didn't get bit. Now, this is the response to, from her followers, one of which is a Reverend Emily Taylor. Problem right there. There's first problem. Um, Mama Beth crushing the head of a serpent. Now, it's a picture of Eve putting her hand on Mary's right. tummy with the ba- baby Jesus stepping on the head of the snake. Who's supposed to crush the head of the snake? Yes. Jesus, not Mary. So, Mama Beth crushing the head of the serpent. That was the first one. Then the other one, oh my. Uh, Luke 10, 19, I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions. <laughs> Kofi's ready to die over here. <laughs> given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions to overcome the power, all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. Um, yeah. And, and the, reason, the reason this is a good way to conclude is because why do we bring these things up? Why, are, why is this important? Because this is where it ends. Yeah. This is the nonsense when you give up the this authority of Scripture that you come to. And, and she probably thinks this is a great tweet. Yeah. She, she's going to criticize people for, for saying that it was bad. Like, this is the nonsense you get to when you give up Scripture. Yeah. Let me, uh, in, in closing, in response to that, let me just say on July 14th, 2021, the next episode of Just Thinking, episode 112, has God really said addressing the whole issue of women pastors? Amen. So, Amen. And, and, and for folks that were well, wondering why. Okay, I, hold, I, hold on. Wait, 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 wait. Women pastors, there's no such thing. I know. Exactly. Okay. Okay. So, so, so let, me, let me just say the quote that I got in trouble for. The quote that literally <laughs> went around the world because I was challenged about it in the Philippines when I was there. But if your church has a female pastor, not a church. She's not. She's not a pastor, and it's not a church. Amen, amen. For those who are wondering why, I've been keeping tabs on the comments here and occasionally checking Twitter just to make sure. Robin Self was the one who shared that. Robin, you just got named on our show, so, so Robin thanks. Should win something. I, well, maybe we'll, maybe we'll, we Send might work. Send her shirt. Do I want to give, give her something? That, you know, she, give her a prize for giving us a migraine, though. <laughs> now, I, I do want to say, all of you who are here. These are available $25 each, and I, you know, we kind of expect each of you to support Voice of Reason and, and buy one. So are you saying she two. wins the opportunity to spend <laughs> No, I, I think she wins one and you pay for it. I like that. Yeah, oh, there you go. Chris has my wallet. <laughs> <laughs> Chris has my wallet. <laughs> so, but... The, yeah. yeah, that's right. You're a man. You owe it to her. That's right. Yeah. All right, so uh, all of this was... The, the reason we wanted to do this is... One, it was great that Brandon offered <laughs> the opportunity to do this, so we wanted to take advantage of that. But this conference, the, the entire purpose of this conference, going back to that day where we are, you know, we're, like Luther, saying this is where we stand on the Word of God. We are to be convinced by either Scripture or sound reason, nothing else. To do anything else is not safe. That's right. Luther and, didn't say that. You never. You asked that at the I, beginning. You never got well, to that. Well, I gave you plenty of opportunity to talk. We're, we're wrapping know, up. You, were, you okay. went right to him. Okay, but we're, we're, we got to wrap up, man. Uh, so, 
This, should we, so we, we evening is we're on Anthony time. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> Anthony, Anthony's now Anthony here. Anthony's here. So, does, are there any questions here? Yeah. Sorry, we were going to do any, okay. so Let me just let me wrap that one up, though. What, what, what okay. he was referring to in the very beginning was that Luther actually wasn't. He, he wasn't just saying that as his own idea. Oh, yeah. He was actually referring back to his hero, Jan Hus, who had said that very same thing at his trial. And so what Luther was actually doing was re reciting what Hus had said at his trial. Yeah. So we have, we're going to be able to take questions here? Any questions from the folks that we have here? Anything that you... Darren Smile, did you have any questions? Oh, He's got a lot of cards. Always you, got, you got what you got, bro? No, Non-post mill ones. Though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're outnumbered here I'm, right now, bro. I'm looking forward to hearing your thoughts back about that boxing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, folks who don't know, Chris won yet another contest. Not not the fake one with the the, the slippers, but he he won a contest where he got a Bonson book. You know, on theonomy. On theonomy. So uh, about yo thick. Yeah. So if you thought he pulled his hair out with White fragility? <laughs> this is I mean, all I got left. Much left bro. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's all I got left after this. Um, but anyway, what were we going to say? Yo, one thing I would say, but I enjoyed the show. Um, Thank you. And, and uh, I followed the page on Facebook. Thank you. Appreciate it. Um, but I noticed as you were thinking, as you were talking through practical applications of what Christians can do in regards to critical race theory and the, uh, some of these different things that are happening, a lot of the stuff that you guys shared had to do with pastors, pulpits, that, which is all important because mm -hmm. totally agree. Sure. that's where it starts. But what about just a regular everyday person? So let's, let's repeat the question. First off, he said that he's following the Facebook page for Voice of yes. Reason Radio, and he said everyone should. So and he thanked us for the show. Uh, but the, the question that he asked was most of what we, our answers were were toward pastors. And so what do regular, the regular people, people, non-pastors, people in the people having to go work and deal with this stuff, how, what would we say to them to answer them? Right? Okay. Yeah. I would say, first off, as a Christian, it's not, you don't rely solely upon your pastor to train you up. That is a, that is a mm -hmm. key part of your growth, is your local church and your submitting to your elders. But you have a duty as a Christian to grow in the Word of God. Right. You are, you, it is not like, well, I'll get around to it when I have time. Your primary duty as a Christian is to glorify the God who redeemed you. And the way you do that is you, you cannot know what God wants you to do. You cannot know how to live and how to practice if you are not a student of his word. And you, it is a daily requirement. And, and I get everybody's going to trip up and foul up. But if you are not spending time in the word, how on earth can you hope to know what it is God has commanded you to do? And it's one of the biggest problems that we have today is there are all kinds of Bible studies that have nothing to do with the Bible and had everything to do without making you feel better about yourself, but they don't do anything to grow you in the Word. And you have devotionals, which are the same, doing the same thing. You've got to spend time in the Word of God. You've got to get the, to know the God who has revealed Himself to you in that. And by the way, you're not going to get it through, uh, you know, a pie in the sky, I think I got a word that popped into my head, liver shivers, uh, sh uh, shakes up the back, or anything else. It's going to be... What? It is, <laughs> it is going to be that you've studied the Word of God. To quote Justin Peters, you want to hear from God, you read His Word. You want to hear from Him out loud, read it out loud. That's where you start. And then you, sh you sh get on your knees and you pray to, that God would conform you to the image of Christ.
Yep. If your desire is just to, in your prayers is just to make your life easier or to make things better, which I understand we all have that uh, uh, opportunity to bring our struggles and our concerns to the throne of grace and ask for God's intervention. And that is a fine thing to do. But if we are not seeking to be conformed to the image of Christ and we are not asking God to grow us in holiness and righteousness, we are not going to be people who stand <clears throat> on the word. And, yeah. I mean, I think you do need, like his, what his church is doing, having regular, the pastor training people in there. You know, it's where, like I mentioned, with what Strive Training comes into churches and, and trains people for a weekend so that they know how to deal with it. And it might be good for us to add a component to, to that on how to deal with, you know, the workplace where they're, where they're doing it. You have Just Thinking as a podcast that people can listen to to get trained up on some of this stuff. You know, there's a lot of resources out there. Yeah, Darren, that, that's a great question. So from a practical standpoint, those uh, lay people, may not pastors, I mean, pastors, I think, should have this resource as well. Uh, th there's a book. Um, uh, you can get it on Amazon. It's 19 bucks. It's uh, entitled A Dictionary of Critical Theory. It's the Oxford Dictionary of Critical Theory by Ian Buchanan. Um, and it, it goes through definitions, uh, history, uh, stuff like that. So th there's a great resource uh, to have, um, especially when it comes to, okay, so we're learning about this in our workplace. Uh, your, your, your wife or your husband comes home and talks about that. Your kids come home from school and they're talking about that. That's a fantastic practical resource that you can get. Um, that will help you with that. Uh, Andrew's right. Uh, any, any of JT, any of JT's podcasts on the J subject? JT stands for just, just thinking. thinking. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Good call. Yeah, yeah. Other you're, you're in the you're in the lingo, man. Yeah. yeah. Kofi. Kofi. Um, I guess one thing that I would add as well is that I think we live in an age where people are often in the church. We often feel that unless you can tell me what the practical benefit of something is, I don't see the point. Mm -hmm. And I think if you're going to survive in this kind of an age that we live in, we're going to have to kind of, I can just be blunt for a moment, grow up out of that. Yeah. Like, just because you don't see a practical payout to thinking about some of these issues doesn't mean you don't need to think about them. Right. And That's a good word. That means you're going to have to invest the time in listening to adjust thinking or um, if, you know, striving for eternities in your town, going to that. It may not immediately benefit you. You know, I think we live in an age of immediate gratification. If it doesn't benefit me, sure, I don't sure, see the point. Sure. If you can't think past that and get to the place where it's not about immediate gratification, but recognizing this is these are tools for the arsenal. One day I might need this. Right. Right. And if we don't right. have that mindset now, right. like like you said, we're behind the curve as it is, and it's only yeah. going to get worse. So, so what Kofi had said, you know, to summarize more of a statement not a question but he was basically saying that uh you know we are we're a culture that lives in well if this isn't practical to me now with immediate gratification why bother studying it and he was encouraging us with the fact that we may not have an immediate need now but it's going to impact us at some point and we need to study it now so that we're ready uh, to be able to deal with it and and i agree i mean i don't think there's anyone that works in especially a, a major company that's not gonna have to be dealing with this stuff. You work at any of the Fortune 500 or Fortune 1000 companies, and you are gonna get this, you're, you're gonna be dealing with this stuff because it's being pushed. Yeah. And you know, if you're in the military, it's gonna be pushed. And if you don't know how to deal with it, if you don't take advantage of the resources, and he, gave, he suggests the same resources we mentioned, uh, if you don't take advantage of those things now, you're not gonna be equipped when you have to mm -hmm. deal with it. That's right. Amen, amen. 
kind of on that point in preparing because if you're working with men, you know, discipling. It, you know, I, I was at the first G3 where they have the social trust of the gospel roundtable, right? Yep. I, that just blew my mind. I yeah. thought it was a little, yeah. okay, is that really going to happen? <laughs> Boom, it's happened, right? Right, right. So ahead of the curve. But working with other guys, and now I've spent, I can't tell how many hours of content, right? I listen to every JT, now it was your discipleship, but it, it's trying to say, okay, where do I, if a guy's in kindergarten, where do I start him, mm-hmm. right? And then is there like a discipleship guide plan or putting something together to say, how do you walk them through, or it's just not like fire yeah. hose, but yeah. like almost like a systematic way so, to get them ramped yeah, up. So the question that was asked was, you know, basically, how do we, how do we get people for discipling men? How do you get them ramped up where it's not just a fire hose, but you can build them up slowly? I, I will say, um, I mean, one thing I, I think that Dr. Silvestro is working on with Striving Fraternity is to try to put a course together, try to put some stuff together where we might try to do some where, you know, how we have our academy where we have a syllabus with it and all that would be something like that that we can train. He, he's been putting hours and hours of study into this. To and I mean, like I said earlier, he go he's done the history going all the way back to the French Revolution, so I, I think that there's there's a lot of things like that, and I think that a lot there's a lot of other I think G three is working on something similar. Yep. Um, and so I think what you're going to see very shortly is a number of ministries that see this is something that the church is not prepared for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, another yeah. thing that that you know we're thinking of working on, I think G three is also thinking of working on is training people for persecution yeah because that's the next thing that people are going to have to be we need to train these are the two most i believe my opinion the true most essential trainings that have to go on you know there, there's people that want to debate the creation evolution issue it's important but right now where we're at if we're not training people to deal with social justice and and persecution we're we're not doing what people need now in my opinion absolutely agree and um, to, to plug my church a little bit, Community Bible Church. Yeah, and you've been in, putting those online, right? Yes. Yep. So, Community yep. Bible Church in Reno, Nevada, uh, cbcreno.net. That's cbc, Charles, uh, Charles Bravo, Charles, reno.net. Um, if you go to the, the button that says live stream, it takes, us to, it takes you straight to our sermon audio page. And my pastors have been uh, loading them on the sermon audio page. And if you look for... Uh, you know, fighting the cultural war with truth uh, uh, as the one of the subheadings that you can find the the various teachings under. You'll find I think we have four. They just had one this week, and I need to listen to uh, my pastors uh, uh, from this week because I was on a plane. But um, everything that they've done up to this point has been fantastic, and they're providing the PDFs of the notes that they that they've put on those sermons. So I would highly recommend to check that out. And I, and I know I'm a little biased, but I think my, my pastors have done a fantastic job. They've really spent a ton of time doing this, and it'll give you a, a good starting place so that me, you can address. Let me with do a rabbit trail real quick. Okay. I, I want you guys to listen to how he talks about his pastors. <laughs> right? I mean, no, seriously. I, I mean, I, I, want, I want to use you as an example for a little bit because, you know, folks may, I mean, they listen to you on, on the podcast. They, they get to meet you here, you're, you know. There, there's, for those of us who know you more, more intimately, know how you, how you are, this is something you don't see, unfortunately, in a lot of churches where people put the respect to their pastors like you do, um, you know, where, where you, you clear everything. I mean, coming out to, to I remember when we, we talked about going to Shepherd's Conference, and yep. you said, I will if my pastor approves it. 
Not that there was a controlling thing, because there's churches that are like yeah. that. Right. Right. It's not that the church requires it. It's that you want their approval. You want, and, and I, I just want people to pick up how you you honor your pastor. Now, I don't know if you had. I think I think he. I think Anthony looked like he was going to say something. I don't know if you. Were. Yeah. So. Is it going to be long? Should we just get you up here to the mic? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, just, Anthony, time. I get. I, you got your I, wish, at Katie. I think critical race theory is a decoy. Yeah. I don't believe that that's the main issue that's going to really challenge a church. It's going to be homosexuality and transgenderism. I think that, uh, that, that critical race theory is kind of a convenient thing that has gotten people riled up. Mm -hmm. But people are going to be able to see through that and be able to speak against that. Will the Christian stand up against homosexuality? Yeah. And I think that's the one that we're going to get nailed on in hate speech, and that's where people have to really stand up and learn how to teach this. Yeah, so you, you so think, let me repeat go, for those who, who are watching. So what, what Dr. Svetro said was, he thinks that CRT is just a smokescreen. Was that the smoke word? Smokescreen decoy. 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 So it's a decoy. The real issue that at, at the heart of it really is homosexuality. And he th he said that he thinks people will be able to, the Christians will be able to see through critical racism theory and, and see it for what it is, but they're not going to be willing to speak out afterwards about homosexuality. Well, I, I, I agree. I would say it's, it's easy... If, if you're being honest and, and, and from a practical standpoint, to Darren's point um, earlier, to Brian's, Brian's as well, w when you look at the issue of homosexuality in the scriptures, it's definitely easier, it's easier to defend that, yeah. to defend why that's wrong and why that's sinful from the scriptures than it is CRT. It's a lot easier to, to defend that and to stand there. And, I mean, the, the problem is, I mean, I think most Christians can define homosexuality and transgenderism. People, you say CRT or critical race theory, critical racism theory, critical theory, critical social justice theory, as Vody Bachman calls it, and they go, what? What, what is that? And so I, I, I think it's a, I don't know that I would say it's a smoke screen. I would say it's the it's the entry level to the fight. Yeah. Right. It's the it, right. it, it, it yeah. it's the beginning. It's the we're gonna test the battle lines. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, yeah, Shot across the bow, if you will. Homosexuality yeah. is is coming in. They're using the 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 plight of the black people that have oh absolutely for years to slip in, and they're sure. using they're using the CRT from from the blacks. To slip in with it, right. and then they're gonna they're gonna well. And if you think if, if you they're think, I mean, by the yeah. let me just say this to, to, to Dr. Silvestro's point, and I, and I think you're right. I, I don't think you're wrong. I think you're right. If if believers in the church think that the reaction that you see from BLM protests, uh, if you think that's visceral, you ain't seen nothing yeah. yet. Right. You, know, you know, it's amazing is that the the, the black culture, from you know everything for years has been the most like. With homosexuality, the whites have been more accepting of it than blacks until until BLM. Yeah, BLM really changed that. Yeah, because I mean, BLM, yep. you read their you read their goals. It's all about pushing homosexuality and the destruction of the family. Disruption there's of very the little nuclear, about, the Western nuclear family. Yeah, there's very little unquote, about supporting and, blacks or educating, giving getting good education or sure. good family. Sure, sure, no. sure. Now, what I will say, and to add this, and Darren, I want to hear what you have to say. The, what I've been saying for a while is. All of these various social justice pro, uh, um, attacks are ultimately going to, and I, and I agree with you, they're going to collapse because eventually you have this issue of my victim uh, status is more important than your victim status, and it's going to collapse in on itself because it cannot build anything. It has to destroy. When it does collapse, 
what will be left? And what will be left will be the constant uh, mindset of, well, if you don't agree with this, you are oppressing someone. I don't think and I think that's one of the challenges. I don't think gonna it's going to be an implosion on itself. I think it's going to be an explosion okay. out. Fair enough. Fair enough. Like I, I don't think it's going to implode and collapse on itself because this is something that we've been dealing with for a long time that's been building. I think it's just going it to build, 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 and then explode, and there's going to be blood spatter yep. everywhere. There's, and it's, and the, it's going to carry. And that's it. It, you, you know, I've, I was talking with my own family and, and friends about this. We saw what happened, for example, with the um, the emergent church movement. Eventually, it, it fell apart, right. but it infected the church, and it infected it with with the idea of, well, did God really say? And where are we at now? Can is the Bible sufficient? And now it's that yeah. set of stuff for that. So even wh however this thing goes, and I, I agree with you, the, the explosion the analogy is much better. It will infect societal thinking and it will attack the church and i think you're right anthony that the 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 foil for it will be the lgbt movement lgbtqia plus whatever i think that's what we will see it as because we're already watching it within the church now the the massive assault that if you don't love if you don't show love and God loves, and therefore if love is not love, that's that's it. You just, it, it, it just triggered him again. Again, so see, this, this is the problem with Anthony. Time I see KT. She's KT, happy. She Kat, says she's she excited. Says, he, she says Anthony's a good researcher, and yay, there's Anthony time. But this is the so, problem. So and it just you can't stop. So it. we'll let Darren. It's, it's the snowball downhill. But, but let, let, real quick before Darren. Okay. Here, 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 but but here's I got him wound up. Sorry. Here, here's here's like Brian, somebody commented. Somebody commented about how how there's so many Christians who think the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ is God loves you, Jesus loves you. We are not all God's children. Amen. I said that in my sermon. We are not all God's children. Only those... Say, say again? Which John one twelve say about that? Yeah. <laughs> so only those who have been drawn in, called in the elect of God, saved by faith in Christ alone, those are God's children. So, but let me let me remind all of us. For, you guys heard it already. So sorry that you get to hear it twice, but not because it's God's word. <laughs> so don't apologize. <laughs> so l listen to this. R Romans nine. I'm not going to read the whole section that I read earlier. I'm just going to read. I'm just going to read. Um, just going to read uh, starting in verse 19. You will say to me then, this is right after he's talked about, um, so then he has, he has mercy on whom he desires and he hardens who he, who he desires. God desires. Listen to this. Will you say to me then, why does he still find fault? For who resists his will? On the contrary, who are you, O man, who answers back to God? Will the thing molded say to the molder, why did you make me like this? Or does not the potter have authority over the clay to make from the same lump, one vessel for honorable use and another for dishonorable use. Listen to this verse in verse 22. Don't miss this. And what if God, wanting to demonstrate his wrath and to make his power known, endured with much patience vessels of wrath, having been prepared for destruction, in order that he might make known the riches of his glory upon the vessels of mercy which he prepared beforehand. Contrary to what most moralistic people think, not Christians, moralistic people think, God does desire to show his wrath and the fact that he is not just justifier, but he is just. That's an attribute of his. Amen. Amen. Yep. All right, um, Darren. So... 
One is actually really quick. You don't know why. It's like funny story, but uh, not really. Yeah, two thoughts really quick. The first is uh, critical race theory is discipleship. Yeah, it is. So, so, he, so he said, let me just review. Point one is. So like, that's a so great said, way to say crit that. Critical racism theory is discipleship. Is yeah. the first point. <laughs> it is, yeah. So critical racism theory, yeah. I just had to correct it for him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's discipleship. This is uh, it, what critical racism theory is doing. It's <laughs> teaching our society. It's teaching our culture how to think about people who are identified as oppressed. Mm -hmm. So once you establish who the oppressed people are, and you teach them to think about who isn't as oppressed through the lens of critical race theory, and the solutions are through the lens of critical race theory, and you start with like black people, for example, you say we're all sympathetic toward injustice toward black people because of things that have happened in this country. It's very easy to sell critical theory on that. Mm. especially on the surface. Once you teach critical theory and this understanding of dominance and power based on race, and you've discipled people with the language and the understanding mm. and the thought That's process, important. then when you say, okay, now we're going to take this and we're going to apply it to LGBTQ, yeah. it becomes very easy to because people have already been discipled Good word, man. To think this way. So, so for those who are watching, what, what Pastor Darren said is that this is, you know, critical racism theory is, is a discipleship. When, once you teach people and train people to see people as oppressed and oppressors, and you start with the black people, you see it, you you can you accept it, then it's easy to to switch over to LGBT and then start seeing them in the same light. Yeah. Essentially. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Well, his second thing. Uh, and his second point is. His second thing is. He is a pastor, by the way, folks. <laughs> <laughs> no. uh, the second point is that critical race theory is also judgment. Definitely. Yeah. And critical racism theory is judgment. Yeah. What we see is a strong delusion among the people, and I don't know if it's going to implode or if it's going to explode, but critical race theory is what happens when a society abandons the law of God. And now the society begins to eat itself with hatred and jealousy and malice. And this is why, to speak to one of the points that you guys made earlier, it's discipleship, it's also judgment. And the solution has to be the gospel. Yes. Yep. Amen. Uh, always. So, so what you're saying is that, uh, you know, that it's not just discipleship, but it's also judgment. Uh, and that it, it's part of the judgment when people abandon God's law that they're just going to hate, they're going to, you know, eat their own, uh, and that the solution, as I think we all agree with, is the gospel. Amen. Amen. Brian, you were... No, real quick, just back to the social stuff. Real quick, like he... Yeah, was real quick, yeah. I only have one point. Okay. Uh, and 13 and no poem. <laughs> yeah. No poem. No poem. Yeah, he's a street preacher. Says, a street preacher is almost as long-winded as a pastor, sometimes longer. Because the pastor has to end at noon, and the state preacher has no time limit. But, yeah. but the visual that Dr. Bice did on that on that podium, uh, we talked about the boxcars coming in, right? And right. How the protection they got, right? The first was the race, and then it was the egalitarian with the women issue, then the homosexuality, then the transgender, and soon to come pedophilia, right? So it's like sure. all these things uh, that come in just made sense uh, uh, for me with that visual picture, what, three years ago, I think it was? Yeah. Yep. Um, yep. So, so what you said made sense for you is uh, Josh Price's G3 having a visual picture of of cars, the box cars, box cars the and I didn't see it, so I'm trying. Yeah. But the box cars where it was first the egalitarianism, yep. uh, then it was uh, homosexuality, homosexuality then transgenderism, then, transgenderism, then pedophilia, yeah. 
and and so how these things are just lining one up and, and, and we're yeah. seeing we're seeing all we're this, seeing this, right? yeah. all of it yeah. Kofi, did you have one thing you wanted to say before we wrap this you, up? No, okay. You get the last word? No. All right. All right. So, great discussion, guys, and thank you for the input. And you we guys really can, appreciate you guys it. can thank Anthony for the Anthony time. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and real KT, quick. Let me, KT got what she wanted. Yeah, KT. <laughs> so, so, folks, if you want to get nice moccasin <laughs> slippers like, <laughs> like uh, you know, the my slippers like uh, Chris now has, uh, you can go to mypillow.com, use promo code SFE. Not only is it support striving fraternity but gets you some comfortable slippers amen amen you'll have to tell uh, me how they feel yeah I'm, I'm probably wear them on the plane so <laughs> all right so folks i really thank you i want to thank chris and and andrew for joining me this has been awesome well, i really you, really you really need to thank uh brandon for me joining yeah you. neither one of us knew we didn't know that was happening but did you know I, chris did you know no did the you first time that? I saw that I was going to be on was was on the, your on name the as well. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay, cool. so he surprised all of us. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I really appreciate you guys coming on. Thank um, you this for is like us, this bro. is probably the first three-way crossover we've done between the three three podcasts, three podcasts yeah. which has just been great. Um, so I really, uh, Rich, but I wish you could have been here. It doesn't feel like a real crossover because I mean Drew's here, but been quiet. We're, we're and, really and, not and used to. And Rich is not. And here. Rich is not. So so we we need okay. So to, properly, I will take Rich's role. Rich. I'll take his role. Remember to share the gospel every day. Yeah, with at least one person every day. Yeah. So we want to thank you guys for, for spending you know, over an hour and a half with us now, over about an hour and 40 minutes. I really appreciate you guys spending time with us. I know some of you t said we had scratchy clicking sounds. I wish we could have dealt with that. We had to jerry-rig it well, I think, because I, think I have no idea what Someone said that was my... Overwhelming personality, I think. No, I, I think so no. That was Joel said a case. Joel said a case when he uh, he left. Um, <laughs> but it, uh, anyway, we're we're grateful that you guys spend time with us each and every week. Um, you make this worth it. Uh, it has always been a blessing, and I uh, thank you for all you guys that have supported by sharing the podcast and, and coming and being a here a part of this. Um, and a great way to support the <laughs> podcast, yes, is contact Chris. And get your VOR T-shirt. And those of you here want to pick one up while you're here because it <laughs> saves shipping costs. Yeah. Ever, ever the sales. <laughs> that, that, hey, that's Andrew. I, I'm trying to help about a brother I know, here. I know. Because I, I know he it. won't do it. That's true. He won't. Yeah. Um, if you ever want to get in touch with us, you can always go to our, our website, slavetheking.com. That has all our contact information. I finally figured out how to make the plug-in work to send it to our email so you can use the contact page. I'm not – I love you, that You call me techie. I don't know what I'm doing. Um, oh, we know. Yeah. Love but, the website, uh, by the way. Thank cool. you. I appreciate it. Um, try, I'm going to try more and more to keep putting more content on there as far as di uh, written di uh, stuff too because I love writing and it – it can do more than we can sometimes do in a discussion like this. And his next blog is how to win a contest. <laughs> you should he's, write a blog. Yeah, because he's got <laughs> that down. Yeah. yeah, you got to realize how many of these have been rigged by this guy. Um, I've won very small compared to what he's done. But so slavetothekingcom Don't forget, we are a part of Christian podcast community. Andrew owns probably about half the podcast on there, but <laughs> only five. <laughs> only forty. Five. Come on. <laughs> But as we've always said, Christian Podcast Community has fantastic podcast programs. They vet people. I've said this before. They vet. I've known him for years. I still had to go through the application process. Um, so they make sure. My own, own co-host is starting exactly. a podcast, and he's like, do I really got it? Yep. <laughs> yep. You've got to go through the whole process. Go bro. through the process. So they make sure what goes on there is sound. You're not going to get 
weird stuff. And if it started to get weird, there's a process for dealing with that as well. So we don't just put them on there and then leave them and never Podcast worry about discipline. it. Podcast yep. discipline, yes. So check, uh, please check that out. Um, I'm always feel weird but saying it but we do have the patreon account as well as we are trying to do more that means more financial obligation we are able to do what we can because god has graced us with that ability but for those who have expressed an interest in partnering in some way the patreon account is right there accessible on the slave to the king.com website so if you are interested you can do that if you've gotten value out of voice of reason radio you can put some value into Voice of Reason Radio. Thank you. Patreon. <laughs> thank you. I appreciate that. So <laughs> That will preach. So thank you for being with us. Um, for those that did get to watch and the, there was the sound issues, I've been recording this, so I'm going to drop it again uh, this week as a special edition so you can watch, listen to it all the way through with no scratchy sounds and provided the digital recorder worked. Um, <laughs> but uh, I have been blessed by the opportunity to be out here with you guys, and I'm walking away with something. You know, um, I, I, there's conversations that went on here that I'm not going to share with everybody else, but you guys blessed me with some things that you have said with regard to what we do and, and, and the capabilities that God has given us. And I want to say Amen. thank you to all of you that had, had uh, stuff in there. With what you said about my pastors and what, and what I say, I take that seriously. I, I, I don't do that to make my pastors feel their egos are getting uh, you know, pumped up or anything. In fact, I don't really very often mention the fact that I bring, brought them into it unless there's something that I want them to be aware in case somebody said, hey, I heard you said this and maybe I'm, I said it wrongly or something. So I want to make sure I represent them well. I say that for those who, we have said this many times before, podcasts are a fantastic tool but they at best can be a tertiary source of information and help, and helping you grow. Your local church and your pastors, your study of the word is your primary source. You need to go to that. So the respect I have for my my elders is because I believe that wholeheartedly. Amen. So if you are if you are growing from this and this is helping you, then take that and go into your church and Thank your pastors because you're learning something even more from them. You're growing from them. So thank them, pray for them, and support them. And serve in your local church. Be a part of that, and don't just be a pew warmer who comes in and leaves. So I, I want to encourage you because that's all, what all of this has been, this entire weekend, has been about the Word of God and what He is doing in His church, not our church, His church. You are his servant for his purposes, for his glory. All of these discussions, whether it's the LGBT, the CRT, whatever other issues are coming up against the church, they are there because it is a world who cannot stand God. They know he exists. They know his law exists. They can't stand it. They don't want to be ruled by him, and they are rebelling against him. You have the duty and the privilege to serve the King of kings and the Lord of lords. So get in, study, into your word, study it, and get out there don't worry about winning the culture war for the sake of winning a culture war. You go, you stand in that culture war and fight because you want to represent your king and you want to make disciples of every nation so that they too can be saved, redeemed, and serving him as well. Amen. So thank you for being a part of this program. Thank you guys for letting us do thank this you, and, and coming together. God bless you guys. We'll see you next time.